Hello everybody, I'm Dr. Armen, Professor Armen Astvatsatrian from Yerevan, Armenia. So you're on Dr. Y channel. So we continue to talk about uh, evidence-based medicine. So actually this is the third lecture of healthcare, health statistics and research. And let's go on and let's finish today basics of uh, evidence-based medicine. So once again, let's uh, make a our recall so what levels of evidence levels of evidence levels of evidence are graded one through five in decreasing order of quality types of studies are, uh, at each level vary somewhat with the clinical question for example of diagnosis treatment or economic analysis but typically consist of the following so level one so level one is the best one huh? the highest quality it means that systematic reviews or meta-analysis or randomized controlled trials and high-quality single randomized controlled trials. So level one is the best one, Real Madrid. Okay? Level two, well-designed cohort study. So actually, once again, my friends, it depends on time. <coughs> so I visit to... Uh, make this uh, another lectures concerning meta-analyze, placebo-controlled, randomized trials, etc., etc. But today we talk about basics. Huh? So level one, this is the highest quality. Once again, systematic reviews of meta-analysis of, meta of randomized controlled trials and high-quality single randomized controlled trials. Level two, well-designed cohort studies. Level three, systematically reviewed case control studies. Level four, case series and lesser quality cohort and case control studies. And ex expert opinion, not based on critical appraisal, but based on the reasoning from physiology, bench research or underlying principles. So that's the, this is a classic, classic level understanding of levels of evidence. Uh, another example are the Oxford CBM, huh? Center of, for Evidence-Based Medicine. So uh, Oxford CBM levels of evidence published by the actual Center of, for Evidence-Based Medicine, the first released in September 2000. The levels, the levels of evidence provide a way to rank evidence from claims, from claims about prognosis, diagnosis, treatment benefits, treatment harms, and screening which most grading scams do not address. The original CBM uh, level, uh, Center of Evidence-Based Medicine level, where evidence based on call to make the process of finding evidence of finding evidence for claims about prognosis, diagnosis, treatment benefits, treatment harms, and screening, which most grading scams do not address. The original levels where evidence based on call to make the process of finding evidence feasible and its results explicit. In 2011, an international team re redesigned the Oxford CEB CEBM, uh, Center of Evidence-Based Medicine levels, to make them more understandable and to make into account recent developments in evidence ranking scams. The Oxford uh, Evidence-Based Medicine levels of evidence uh, have been used by patients and clinicians, as well uh, by experts to develop clinical guidelines, such as recommendations for the optimal use 
of uh, phototherapy and topical therapy in psoriasis and guidelines for the use of BLC, BCLC staging system for diagnosing, diagnosing and monitoring hepatocellular carcinoma in Canada. In 2000, a system was developed by grading of recommendations assessment, development and evaluation, famous grade working group. The grade system takes into account more dimensions than just the quality of medical research. It requires users who are, who are performing an assessment of the quality of evidence, usually as part of systematic review, to consider the impact of different factors on their confidence in the results. Authors of great tables assign one of the four levels to evaluate the quality of evidence on the basis of their confidence that the observed effect, a numeric value, is close to the true effect. The confidence value is based on judgments assigned in five different domains in a structured, structured manner. The grade working group defines quality of evidence and strengths of recommendations based on the quality as two different concepts that are commonly confused with each other. Me also, actually, I'm confused very often. Systematic, systematic reviews may include randomized control trials that have low risk of bias or observational studies that have high risk of bias. In the case of randomized control trials, the quality of evidence is high but can be downgraded in five diff different domains. Risk of bias, a judgment made on the basis of the chance that bias is included in included studies, has influenced the estimate of effect. Imprecision, a judgment made on the basis of the chance that the observed estimate of effect could change completely. Indirectness, a judgment made on the basis of the differences in the characteristics of how the study was conducted and how the results are actually going to be applied. Inconsistency, a judgment made on the basis of the variability of results across the included studies. Publication bias, a judgment made on the basis of the question whether all the research evidence has been taken to account. In the case of observational studies per grade, the quality of evidence starts of lower and may be upgraded in three domains in addition to being subject to downgrading. Large effect, methodologically strong studies show that observed effect is so large that the probability of it changing completely is less likely. Okay, so large effect is a methodologically strong studies show that observed effect is so large that the probability of it changing completely is less likely. Plausible confounding would change the effect. Despite the presence of a possible confounding factor that is expected to reduce the observed effect, and the effect estimate still shows significantly effect. Those respond gradient, the intervention used, for the, the intervention used becomes more effective with increasing dose. This suggests that the further increase will likely bring about more effect. Meaning of the levels of quality of evidence as per grade, high quality evidence, the authors are very confident that the presented, that presented estimate lies very close to the true value. 
In other words, the probability is very low that further research would completely change the presented conclusions. Moderate quality evidence, the authors are confined that the presented estimated lies close to the true values. But it's also possible that it may be substantially different. In other words, further research may completely change the conclusions. Low quality evidence, the authors are not confident in the effect estimate and the true value may be substantially different. In other words, further research is likely to change the presented conclusions completely. Very low evidence, the authors do not have any confidence in the estimate and it's likely that the true value is substantially different from it. In other words, new research will probably change the presented conclusions completely. Uh, so in guidelines and uh, other publications, recommendation for a clinical service is classified by the balance of risk versus benefit and the level of evidence on which this information is based. United States Preventive Service Task Force uses the following system. So we use also that same very often. Level A, good scientific evidence suggests that the benefits of the clinical service substantially outweigh the potential risks. Clinicians should discuss the service with eligible patients. Level B, at least Fair scientific evidence suggests that the benefits of the clinical service outweighs the potential risks. Clinicians should discuss the service with eligible patients. This is this was B. Uh, level S, uh, level C. Huh? Level C. At least fair scientific evidence suggests that the clinical service provides benefits, but the balance between benefits and risks is too close for general recommendations, and clinicians need not offer it unless individual considerations apply. Level D, at least fair scientific evidence suggests that the risks of the clinical service outweigh potential benefits. Clinicians should not routinely offer the service to asymptomatic patients. And finally, level, level I, scientific evidence is lacking. H. C. D. Scientific evidence is lacking, is poor quality or conflicting, such as the risks versus benefit balance cannot be assessed. So clinicians should help patients understand the uncertainty surrounding the clinical service. Okay, <clears throat> great guidelines. Panelists make, uh, may make strong or weak recommendations on the basis of further criteria. Some of the important crit criteria are the balance between desirable and undesirable effects, not considering costs, huh? the quality of the evidence, values and preferences and costs, the resource utilization. Despite the difference between the systems, the purpose are the same to guide users of clinical research information on which studies are likely to be most valid. However, the individual studies still require careful critical appraisal. 
Evidence-based medicine attempts to express clinical benefits of tests and treatment using mathematical methods. Tools used by practitioners of evidence-based medicine include likelihood ratio, uh, the pretest odds of a particular diagnosis multiplied, multiplied by the likelihood ratio, ratio determines the post-test odds. Odds can be calculated uh, from and converted to the more familiar probability. They reflects Beth theorem. The differences in likelihood ratio between clinical tests can be used to prioritize, prioritize clinical tests according uh, to their usefulness in a given clinical situation. Aukrok, the area under the receiver operating characteristics, curve Aukrok reflects the relationship between sensitivity and specificity for a given test. And high-quality tests will have an Aukrok approaching one, and high-quality publications about clinical tests will provide information about Aukrok. Cut-off values for positive and negative tests can influence specificity and sensitivity, but they do not affect Aukrok. Number need to treat NNT, eh? number need to harm NNH. So number need to treat and number need to harm are ways of expressing the effectiveness and safety respectively of interventions in a way that is clinically meaningful. Number needed to treat is the number of people who need to be treated in order to achieve the desired outcome, for example, survival from cancer in one patient. For example, if a treatment increases the chance of survival by 5%, then 20 people need to be treated in order for one additional patient to survive because of the treatment. The concept can also be applied to diagnostic, diagnostic tests. For example, 1,339 women aged 50-59 need to be invited for breast cancer screening over a 10-year period in order to prevent one woman from dying of breast cancer. Then the number needed to treat for being invited to breast cancer screening is 1,339. Evidence-based medicine attempts to objectively evaluate the quality of clinical research by critically assessing techniques reported by researchers in their publications. Trial design considerations, high-quality studies have clearly defined eligibility criteria and have minimal missing data. Generalizability considerations. Studies may only be applicable to narrowly defined patient populations and may not be generalizable to other clinical contexts. Follow-up. Sufficient time for defined outcomes to occur can influence the prospective study outcomes and the statistical power of a study to detect differences between a treatment and control arm. So power, a mathematical calculation, can determine whether the number of patients is sufficient to detect a difference between treatment arms. A negative study may reflect to a lack of benefit or simply a lack of sufficient quantities of patients to detect a difference. There are a number of limitations and criticism of evidence-based medicine. 
two widely cited categorization scams for the various published critics for evidence-based medicine include the threefold divisions of Strauss and McAllister, limitations universal to the practice of the medicine, limitations unique to evidence-based medicine and mis misperceptions of evidence-based medicine, and the five-point categorization, categorization of Cohen, Starvey and Hirsch. Evidence-based medicine is poor philosophic basics, basis for medicine, defines evidence too narrowly, is not evidence-based, is limited in usefulness when applied to individual patients, or reduces the autonomy of doctor-patient relationship. Absolutely. And this is absolutely, I absolutely agree. In no particular order, some published objections include research produced by uh, evidence-based medicine, such as from randomized controlled trials, may not be relevant for all treatment situation, situations. Research tends to focus on specific populations, but individual persons can vary substantially from population's norms. Because certain population segments have been historically under-researched due to reasons such as race, gender, age, and comorbid disease, evidence from randomized controlled trials may not be generalizable to those populations. And thus, evidence-based medicine applies to groups of people, but this should not preclude clinicians from using their personal experience in deciding how to treat each patient. One author advises that the knowledge gained from the clinical research doesn't directly answer the primary clinical question. This is a Tonelli, Dr. Tonelli. One author is Dr. Tonelli. Dr. Tonelli advises that knowledge gained from clinical research doesn't directly answer the primary clinical question of what is best for uh, the patient at hand and suggests that evidence-based medicine should not discount the value of clinical experience. Another author stated that the practice of evidence-based medicine means integrating individual clinical expertise with the best available external clinical evidence from systematic research. The, the theoretical ideal of evidence-based medicine that every narrow clinical question or which in hundreds of thousands can exist, would be answered by meta-analysis and systematic reviews of multiples randomized, randomized, randomized controlled trials. Randomized controlled trials. Faces the limitation that research, especially the randomized controlled trials themselves, is expensive. Thus, in reality, for the foreseeable future, the demand for evidence-based medicine will always be much higher than the supply, and the best humanity can do is so triage the application of scarce resources. Yes, absolutely agree. Yeah. Research can, be, research can be influenced by biases such as publication bias and the conflict of interest in academic publishing. For example, studies with conflicts due to industry funding are more likely to favor their products, to favor their products, and that, and that is. It has been argued that the contemporary evidence-based medicine is an illusion, 
since evidence-based medicine has been corrupted by corporate interests, failed regulation and commercialization of academia. This is Gureldini and, and McHenry Lehman uh, that was published several months ago. Absolutely agree with my colleagues. The, the contemporary evidence-based medicine is an illusion since evidence-based medicine has been corrupted by corporate interests, failed regulation and commercialization of academia. Absolutely agree. Systematic reviews methodologies are cap capable of bias and abuse in respect of choice of inclusion criteria, choice of outcome measures, comparisons and analyses that subjectively inevitable in a risk of bias assessments and when codified procedures and criteria are observed. An example of all these problems can be seen Cochrane review as analyzed by Edmund Foldman et al. in their relevant review. A lag exists between when the randomized control trials is conducted and when its results are published. Published, actually, yes, a lag exists. But this is not a huge problem, anyway. A lag exists between when results are published and when they are properly applied, right? of course. Hypocognition, the absence of a simple consolidated mental framework into which uh, new information can be placed, can hinder the application of evidence-based medicine. Hinder. Can hinder the application of evidence-based medicine. Values, while patient values are considered in the original definition of evidence-based medicine, the importance of values is not commonly emphasized in emphasized in evidence-based medicine training, a potential problem under current study. In 2018 study, uh, study of Kraus Alexander, why all randomized control trials produce based biased results, assessed by 10 more cited randomized control trials and argued that trials face a wide range of biases and constraints Yes, from trials only being able to study a small set of questions amenable, amenable to randomization and generally only being able to assess the average treatment effect of a sample to limitations in extrapolating results to another context among many others outlined in the study. Despite the emphasis, emphasis Emphasis. Despite the emphasis of evidence-based medicine, unsafe or ineffective medical practices continue to be applied because of patient demand for tests or treatments, because of failure to access information about the evidence, or because of the rapid pace of change in the scientific evidence. For example, between 2003 and 2017, the evidence shift or hundreds of medical practices, including whether hormone replacement therapy was safe, whether babies should be given certain vitamins, and whether antidepressant drugs are effective in people with Alzheimer's disease, even when evidence unequivocally shows that the treatment is either not safe or not effective, it may take many years for other treatments to be adopted. 
There are many factors that contribute to lack of uptake of implementation of evidence-based recommendations. These include lack of awareness at the individual clinician or patient, micro-level, lack of institutional support at the organization level, so meso-level, or higher at the policy macro-level. In other cases, significant change can require generation of physicians to retire or die and be replaced by physicians who were trained with more recent evidence. Yes. Exactly. Physicians may also reject evidence that conflicts with their anecdotal experience or because of cognitive biases. For example, a vivid memory of rare but short shocking outcome, the availability heuristic, The availability heuristic. Such as patient dying after refusing treatment. They may overtreat to do something or to address the patient's emotional needs. They may worry about malpractice char charges based on this discrepancy between what the patient expects and what the evidence recommends. They may also overtreat or provide ineffective treatments because the treatments feels biologically plausible. In the responsibility, uh, no, is the responsibility of those developing clinical guidelines to include an implementation plan to facilitate, facilitate uptake. The implementation process will involve, will include an implementation plan analysis of the context, identifying barriers, barriers and facilitators, and designing the strategies to address them. So, about, so some words about education. Uh, training in evidence-based medicine is offered across the continuum of medical education as we do. The Berlin Questionnaire and the French uh, Fresno text are validated instruments for assessing the effectiveness of education in evidence-based medicine. So these questionnaires have been used in diverse settings. A Campbell systematic review that includes 24 trials examined, examined 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 the effectiveness of e-learning in improving evidence-based healthcare knowledge and practice. It was found that e-learning compared to no learning improves evidence-based healthcare knowledge and skills, but not attitudes and behavior. No difference in outcomes is present when comparing e-learning with face-to-face -face learning Comparing e-learning and face-to-face -face learning, blended learning, blended learning has a positive impact on evidence-based knowledge, skills, attitude, and behavior. Questionable. As a form of e-learning, some medical school students engage in editing Wikipedia to increase their uh, evidence-based medical skills. Very good. Evidence-based medicine skills. Fantastic. And some students construct evidence-based materials evidence-based medicine materials to develop their skills in communication communicating medical knowledge no it's absolutely idea uh, tricks but anyway well, without any reasons no no actually 
I envisage to make some more lectures concerning evidence-based medicine, but the basis is here. I know it's maybe a little bit sophisticated, complex, but anyway, we will try to make our progression step by step. Step by step. And everything will be okay, I promise you. So thanks for your attention, my friends. Don't forget to make your subscription and follow our channel, Dr. Y channel. And if it's possible, please make your donates, make your donations, because without your donations, our channels, our channel, Dr. Y will be closed. And also make your donates. It will be highly appreciated. Thanks for your attention and God bless you. Bye bye.